Hey, howdy, hey, everyone, and welcome to not a bag and board cast proper, not even a not episode, because, guys, I'm bringing it back. Uh, podcast I used to do like eight years ago with super friend of the bag and board cast, uh, one of my other best friends, Janet. Uh, this is Parks and Rec. It was our Disney-based podcast, and I'm delighted to be joined by one of my other best friends, Paul. Hey, Paul. How's it going? Hey, Chris. How's it going? Thank you so much for having me on this uh, this zombie episode of uh, Parks and Rec. <laughs> so, uh, in my mind, when I sent you that message earlier saying, like, hey, well, since, you know, we have tonight free, like, we can record something, you know, what if we did this? And then I automatically started thinking of it being called The Relaunch, but re-spelled with, like, a W-R-E. Okay. Because that's how my brain works, I think, in, like, weird puns and wordplay stuff so yeah this is the uh parks and rec relaunch yeah yeah it's uh, fun i believe i had a challenge thrown out uh on the bagden broadcast originally saying that if uh because uh, i believe yeah super fan of the show or bagden broadcast and also your co-host for parks and rec um janet said that she couldn't believe i could run and then I, you know, if I ever ran a half marathon, like, she couldn't believe that we signed up for a half marathon. She couldn't imagine me running. And I have run in three different half marathons now. I'm signed up for a fourth half marathon. Haven't run a Disney half marathon yet because of, you know, lightning storms. You know. Yep. They, that happens. They Florida. canceled it. You know. You can do a lot of planning for a Disney trip. And things can all go wrong. And that's what we're here actually to talk to everyone about tonight. Uh, behind the scenes, best friend stuff, not necessarily podcast stuff, but Paul's actually going to be coming down here with his boo yeah. uh, at the end of April, beginning of May for his birthday. And part of that trip doesn't just involve going to different breweries around Orlando that I've been hyping up over the past couple of years, uh, but it's also going to involve trips to Walt Disney World and Universal Studios. So... We thought, hey, why not have some fun talking about something that we're talking about anyways in our <laughs> private lives? So uh, why not put it out there? I like Monetize to... it. This isn't monetized. <laughs> I like to think of it as my 10-year anniversary of my first time going to, uh, to Walt Disney World and Universal Studios. Exactly, because not this time 10 years ago, because it was back in January, but Paul and I took our, like, collected... Uh, birthday trips and we came down to Walt Disney World and we did like I think three days at the Disney parks that we did one day at Universal Studios Islands of Adventure and boy has everything changed since oh, yeah. then it was actually uh, one day at each of the Disney parks did, did we do four days at the parks or did we do because three and like we doubled up one day we didn't do park hopping because oh, wow. back then, if well, and still to this day, if you buy Park Hopper, you have to have it for your whole... If you buy four tickets, you have to add it to all of them. And that was too expensive. Gosh, it's just... I guess, yeah, it would be cheaper just to add on that fourth day and go to yeah, like, exactly. that park. Mm-hmm. Especially back then, because uh, I have it loaded up here. In 2012 dollars, it was $89 per ticket. And that was uh, before they had the, what is it called, uh, variable pricing. 
that yeah, was introduced. Now Disney does basically like a flex or surge pricing where there's not just one static rate for what your Disney park ticket's going to be. It's actually going to vary from day to day based on how many people are buying tickets for that day. So no longer is it like, oh, just, hey, ticket's going to be $89. Last time I remember seeing what like a one-day just base ticket was, it was like 106 And that number does change mm-hmm. every year as it is because ticket prices are constantly increasing. But, man, it's crazy to believe it was that much. And I remember when we went, we stayed at All-Star Movies, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was. yeah, yeah. Uh, and at that point, being one of the all-star resorts, it's considered part of Disney's value tier, which are like, they're cheaper, more family-friendly, like, accessible rooms. And even that was, like, $120 a night, yeah. I think, for, like, the double occupancy. Um, and even now, like, those prices have gone up yeah. so much. I did not check on the pricing for the Disney resorts. Uh, what kind of fueled Kate and my, uh, my booze, name is Kate, um, are kind of want to go down to uh, Orlando other than visiting Chris is because we saw a YouTube uh, video of um, Cabana Bay at Universal Studios. And, you know, I was like, oh, that seems it's like all done in like a 1950s pop kind of style. Um, it's all like tiki pool bars, which right up your alley. Right up my Yeah, exactly. Um, and they have a lazy river right on site. And I'm like, ah, you know. And then everybody in the, the videos, people were like, oh, it's not that expensive to stay here. And then I looked it up, like, while the, while the video was playing, and it was like, you know, there was a deal going on where it was, like, just under 100 bucks a night. And I'm like... That's really good, like especially here. for, like, an on-site theme park hotel. Like, that's surprising. It was that cheap. Yeah, after taxes and fees, I think it works out to be, like, 112 bucks a night, like, resort that's, fees and all that. That's still tax. cheaper than... We spent for the All-Star Resort over 10 years ago now. So the price was good for the resort. The only thing, other issue would be the, the flight down. And so, you know, I just did a quick search on, uh, you know, I have a JetBlue credit card. Um, I just did a quick search. And I could get a flight down for myself and my wife. All paid for in points. No costs there. It was looking like the perfect opportunity for Kate to be sitting by the pool, drink uh, with drink in hand, and just have a nice relaxing vacation. And nothing relaxes us more than drinking beer or going to a brewery. And I actually have a special correspondent on hand uh, that I can actually bring in to talk about some different Orlando breweries. Uh, John, are you with us? Uh, yeah. Can you, can you I, hear I, me? I can, the, I can hear the, you. Yep, in the studio? Can you, I can hear you. The studio can hear uh, me? Thank you for joining us on such short notice tonight. Um, yeah. You guys couldn't tell, but we both did the earpiece. Ear like. <laughs> we're, on, we're on Skype. Um, so, you know, behind the scenes stuff, as Paul and I were recording, John called in and was like, hey guys, are you done yet? So, hey, 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 you guys want to chat about bullshit? John's here now, too. Uh, but this is also kind of appropriate because. John just came down last year for a birthday trip to the theme park. So, you know what? Who better to talk to about the you know, brewery experience, theme park experience, than someone else that's also gone through it recently, too? Uh, 
But that was a soft segue into our beer talk. And John, I saw you poured something as we were kind of getting settled in and ready to go. So what do you got? Uh, yeah, so I have from Night Shift Brewing out of Massachusetts. They're fluffy. This is a uh, New England IPA, 7%, canned on 221.22. And this is a super soft, super easy drinking IPA. Uh, there's nothing crazy about it. It's not like mind shattering, like, oh my god, that's super great. It's just incredibly, incredibly smooth. We've been talking, we've been on this for, we well, could talk for maybe like 15 minutes, and I've already downed like half of the 16 ounce can. It's uh, incredibly smooth, super easy drinking. I, I don't know what the price is on this, because, um, they're just they're relaunching in our area, and the rep came in and gave me a four pack. And I was like, okay, um, but it's good. I, I'd say twelve to fourteen ninety nine, good. But anything more than that, um, I don't think it's worth it. You guys, uh, Paul, are you drinking? Paul, a Paul's beer? drinking a beer, and I'm, he's having an old standby. It looks yeah, like this is an old standby now because we talked about it on the Begging Boardcast, and this is uh, the two X haze. Uh, when Chris posted that, hey, yeah, let's get together and record, record tonight. I just ran over to consumers and picked up another twelve pack of the two X haze because I had gotten <laughs> uh, once we canceled, uh, you know, the Begging Boardcast episode last week. I'm like. Well, I'm not going to hold on to these last three beers. I'm going to drink them over the weekend. And then I'm like, oh, I I should go get some beer. Uh, yeah, this is... And that was that was the 2X Factor yes. variety yeah, pack, Yeah, I picked right? up another 2X Factor <laughs> variety pack from Southern Tier. And 2X Haze I talked about on the Magnum Boardcast. But it is a good, drinkable, uh, hazy kind of IPA, double IPA. 8.2% of call by volume. Before the show started, I had just a regular 2X IPA, which, man, it's a solid, solid, solid West Coast solid style. Nice, piney, rich IPA. It's in that same wheelhouse as your um, regular Sierra Nevada IPA. It's uh, Two Hearted from, um, not Bell Woods. What was Two Hearted? Bells. Bells. Not Bell Woods. Bells. Yeah, you, were, you were there. Yeah. Um, Good West Coast, and then I'm immediately transfer over right to the 2x haze, and it's like, oh wow, this is this is like frothy and juicy. This is completely different, but also very good, very drinkable. So I'm just saying, uh, when you're looking for a brewery, get you a girl that can do both. You know, so Southern Tier. Uh, and I'm both. I'm drinking the other both from that girl, I guess, because. <laughs> Uh, for some other tier, I have one of their seasonal releases, and this is their Irish Cream Stout, 5.8% ABV. Uh, it's an American-style stout with Irish cream flavoring and milk sugars added to it. And I'm honestly surprised this isn't part of their Blackwater series because it's hitting that nice, like, delectable, sweet, like, richness. Um, picked up a six-pack of it. I think it was, like, Fourteen ninety nine or sixteen ninety nine. Uh, I tried to look it up on Total Wine's website, and they actually don't have it listed. Uh, when I went to the beer store, I think they might have just placed it on the floor because all of the cases were still sealed. And I was like, "Whatever, I'm opening this up." And like, I just ripped it open and took one out. 
Um, I absolutely love this. I had one while Paul and I first sat down and started talking in like the pre-show stuff. I drank about half of it, handed the other half to Yanni for her to try, and then I no longer had a beer and I had to go get myself another one. And in like the six minutes since we've sat down and started re-recording, I drank half of this one. It's so easy to drink. Yes, it's sweet, but it's not overly sweet that it kind of slows you down. Like, it's just a nice, like, Irish cream. Mm -hmm. It's like a Bailey's in a beer. Like, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, John, you said this is already out at distributors. So, like, basically, wherever you're getting it from, like, if it's there... They've already received their allotments, so if you like it, stock up is what I heard. Because uh, I might need to get some more just to have it for St. Patrick's Day because I've been saying it to myself and to Paul and just out loud. Uh, this is St. Patrick's Day in a bottle. It's absolutely delicious. I, I'm really loving it, and the more I drink it, the more I love it. Four, four, four out of four. Amazing. Love it. You did it again, Southern Tier. Girl that did both does it again. <laughs> yeah, this it's funny that you guys are just getting it a week and a half before St. Patrick's Day because we've had it since probably a little after January. Um, and yeah, like I was seeing it right before Valentine's Day because I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because I was looking at the local selection, looking for um, the resurgence um, Easter. Easter candy, uh, sponge candy stout. And I noticed that was like there as well. So that's when I noticed it. Uh, no, I could know that. I mean, I, I'm yeah. not in a beer store every day. <laughs> uh, I was allotted like originally it was like, oh, 40 cases. And I brought in like 20 cases. It's like, let's just see how this does. Uh, and then like shortly after, I was like, did we hit our 40? And my salesman was like, oh yeah, like we're probably around 50 cases. And I was like, all right. He's like, you want more? I'm like, yeah, keep bring- it's selling, keep bringing it in. Like, um, And just this week he like looked at me and was like, there's no more in stock. And I was like, good, because it's the perfect perfect cutoff point. Yeah. Uh, we're next week is St. Patrick's Day. Let's sell through. We probably have maybe about 12 cases left of it, four to a case. So we'll probably be out of it by by mid next week so it is perfect uh, but we're not talking about beers we're going to be drinking next week we're going to be talking about beers that Paul's going to be drinking in a month <laughs> and a half so Paul I don't want to go through your whole itinerary here because yep, yep. you know that's you've already been plotting and planning but Orlando based breweries are a thing that you're going to be looking at stopping at um, so just based off of what you've seen in your own research versus like stuff that I've said and like sent to you guys. Cause I've sent you some stuff from different breweries from here, like things from sideward um, ellipsis. You've been to some Orlando breweries too, with like dead lizards, Ten Ten. Mm-hmm. what is on your like, Hey, you know what? I have a week in Orlando. W- where do you need to go? What's your destinations? Well, the first stop has to be ellipsis just because it's so close to the airport. Like, you just get off the airport, you get to Ellipsis. You've been talking about this brewery. It's some a newer place. I haven't tried it yet. John, you talked up Ellipsis. You, you've had some stuff from there, though. Oh, yeah, with the, the Ninja Turtles the Ninja, beers. The Ninja Turtle Weapon beers, yeah. Oh, those are so good. Those were really good. 
So I'm more ex- I'm excited to dive in, get a couple flights there, and, and see some more of their offerings. Um, it's the number two best brewery in Orlando that I've experienced. Wow. And it's wow. like almost it's like just under number one. What's and, your number one? Oh, sideward. Sideward, right? Yeah. And that that was going to be my next up, which is uh, definitely stopping at sideward. Like I'm looking at my list here, you know, when we are going brewery hopping. You've talked about dead woods or dead words, so I got to try that. Um, and then broken strings and uh, rock pit brewing, but. Ellipsis and Sideward are the two heavy hitters. Like they're the two spots that I think we kind of have to hit up. So not to throw a monkey wrench into things, but this past weekend they actually had a like craft brewery fest in Tampa Bay, Ooh. and also a Orlando-based brewery, Gatlin Hall, won like runner-up for best small brewery in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And they had two of their beers place as gold medal winners. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because I do have uh, Gatlin Hall listed for our lunch for the day that I get off the plane. So, uh, <laughs> it I, is... the more I go to Gatlin Hall, and the more unless I'm like, this doesn't yeah, open until is... one, so. so you got time. <laughs> Uh, the more I go to Gatlin Hall, the more I'm like, oh, this is a solid brewery because everything I've had from there is great. And last week, I want to say it was like Wednesday night, uh, Yanni and I were both off from work and like we were just doing some running around. We went to Sideward for like a late lunch, early dinner. Mm-hmm. And then on our way back, there was like a small like vendor, like tent market going on outside of Gatlin Hall. So we stopped by there and I got some like craft jerky and hot sauce um really dug it it was it's a great place uh i i think it's definitely worth checking out so john next time you come down i think it's somewhere that's worth attention as Uh, well as like rock pit yeah like the thing that i've been noticing that i'm looking forward to at breweries lately is a diverse beer selection like, it's not just laundry list of IPAs, laundry list of, mm-hmm. of sours. And Sideward is one of those that they have some IPAs, they have some Pilsners, they have some Stouts. They have a really nice diversity. And like, So you're saying you want to get yourself a girl that can do both. Yeah. <laughs> Episode title, right? Uh, nope, nope, not banging border. We don't do that here. Uh, but, like when Chris has been going to like Gatlin hall in uh dead words and he shows us like, he takes a picture of, <laughs> of the beer menu. I'm always like, Oh, they got like some really classic styles on there. You know, like I think you, the one time they had like a, uh, English mild. And I was like, how is that Chris? And he's like, I don't know. I'll get it next. It went great with my burger. Like it's great. I love seeing that. And like, breweries up here in buffalo are starting to kind of branch out and not just be new england ipas and sours and Mm -hmm. it's it's been nice to have that diversity where maybe like three years ago i would have been like they don't have a good selection new england's i probably won't go now i'm just like the complete opposite like i've had that style of beer you can either do it really right or you can do it really wrong 
But let's look at like just some classic or just diverse styles. Like I, I'm really digging loggers and pilsners lately, and it's been nice, especially in that hot weather in Florida, like to sit and enjoy those style of beers. So when we went to Sideward, I brought home uh, two four packs. One of them was a citra hopped version of one of their IPAs, and then one of their lagers and. The Citra Galaxy, which was the hazy IPA that I brought back, it's good. It's a good IPA, but there's nothing that sets it apart from any of their other IPAs that I'm like, oh, I have to get this one. But that light lager, it was their kind of take on like a Corona style, like Mexican lager with lime. Really good. Like, I got home from work yesterday and I was thirsty, so I just cracked one and I just like chugged down half of it and I was like, yeah, I feel refreshed now. And they can do IPAs, and they do them well. But for them, like, I go and I get their other beers, and I'm just completely floored by them. And it's the same thing with over at Ellipsis, where, yeah, their IPAs are all really good, but you go there for their sours. Like, you go to get that other kind of, like, weird take on beer. Uh and then again, everything I've had from Deadwords is just amazing. So, if you're planning on coming down to Orlando and you're a craft beer nerd like we are, I think those are really the places that you need to hit up first and foremost. Your Sideward, Ellipsis, and then Deadwords. And then if you got the time, like, and you want to drive out to a suburb of Orlando, Gatlin Hall also just really, really solid beers. I am excited to try a couple beers in the parks. Now, there is one beer at Universal. I think the beer at Universal Studios is better than the beers you can get inside of Disney. One, because Magic Kingdom doesn't serve alcohol except for inside of, uh, what is it, Be Our Guest? Yeah, the Be Our Guest restaurant in Magic Kingdom. And then, but Universal, you know, you got Hogsmeade, you got the... So you got Hogshead. Ooh, so depending on which park you're in, because... Mm -hmm. Whether you're in like Hogsmeade Village or over in Diagon Alley, they actually have some different stuff that's offered. So if you're over on the Islands of Adventure side and you go to Hogsmeade Village as part of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, they have the Hogshead Brew, which is available at the Hogshead Inn, like, obviously. Uh, they do not have that over on the Universal Studios <laughs> Diagon Alley side. So... Not that you're going to be buying a like park hopping or park to park ticket, as they call it, to go like just get those beers, but just be aware if you have your like heart set on trying all of them, you do need to go park to park. Uh, so Hogshead, that's like the one beer that I remember from Wizarding World that I really enjoyed. It was malty but still refreshing. Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of style it is. I think that one's the red. Okay, I'm going to double check while I'm looking it up because, again, I've had all of these beers so many times because <laughs> I will just go to the parks and be like, yeah, you know, which one haven't I had recently? And I'll pull up my untapped and be like, oh, it's been a while since I had a dragon scale. Okay, I'll get I'll get that one. And the beer that I haven't had yet because it's new to the park, also over an Islands Adventure, is the Isla Nubar IPA. Which, you know, from all the videos that yeah. I've seen, sounds like a really good uh, 
fresh New England style IPA. Very grapefruity so, and delicious. It, it's super grapefruity and it's super delicious and it's a great like hot Florida day beer. And I'm sorry, I was wrong because the Hogshead Brew is actually a Scottish ale. Okay. Well, no wonder I like it. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to get my hands back on that. I'm excited for the Isla Nubar beer. I know they're both uh, islands. You know, Universal Studios. But when it comes to planning for that kind of stuff, guess what? I'm I I'm just planning to go there and buy those beers. Like I will show up to the park and be able to just enjoy those beers. I might have to wait in a little bit of a line. But I don't need to make a dining reservation for those beers. I don't need to do anything except be in the park that day and wait in a line to get said beer. And that's something that's really popped up more recently since I moved down here. And I've had the ability to just go to theme parks on my day off or if I have a partial day where I can just go to a theme park and get food because that's a thing that you get to do when you live in Orlando. Uh, I don't have to do all that like over planning. So this is the thing that I'm kind of most interested in because Paul, for your vacation, like mm-hmm. you're planning, John, when you came down here like last year, you were just like, Whatever we do, we're going to do it, and I'm going to enjoy it because it's a Star Wars. Yeah. And yep. that's and that's what we did, and it worked out really well. Just that kind of like fly by the seat of your pants through the Death Star Trench kind of thing. <laughs> um, but Paul, since you are actually like on vacation, you're the one that's kind of in charge of the planning for this. Yeah. You've been kind of hitting a lot of, I don't want to say roadblocks, but you're the one that's kind of having to go through all of those like oh well what do i need to do yeah. next something that yeah. i've never actually had to deal with uh, uh last week was my 60 days out from when i start vacation and uh kate and i we i know we're staying at Uni- a universal studios resort uh but we also have two days planned um well actually three days kind of planned for in the in the kingdom of the mouse the magic king or uh, disney world or resorts and we wanted to, um, like, one of the days, you know, I just want to eat lunch at Skipper's Canteen. You know, we're going to be at Magic Kingdom one day. So 60 days before I'm going to be at Magic Kingdom, in order to make sure that I can eat lunch at Skipper's Canteen, I had to wake up before 6 a.m., be online, and make a reservation for that because that's part of the dining reservations. Now, would if I, oh, you know what, I probably should have, like, seen if I could get a lunch reservation there now, but I can do that uh, a little bit later. Because that's the thing right now, so they, they these uh, sell out. Skipper's Canteen, probably not the biggest deal. But, you know, in a couple days, on Sunday, woke up extra early, 5.40 a.m., so I can get to Ogus Cantina. Every day that I had to book a time for a reservation, um, I would check to see, oh, what's the reservations like for Ogus Cantina? Always sold out. Like, as soon as I hit, like, hey, I want, like, let's get a time for Ogus Cantina. If you don't know, Ogus Cantina is this, basically, the Star Wars Cantina scene uh, there at 
know, uh, the Disney property at the Hollywood Studios at Galaxy's Edge Spot 2. And I really want to experience that. Come on. Like, who doesn't want to experience that? We, so, we really wanted to when John came down, and we got super lucky. I'll tell that story once you're done telling your planning story. Uh, so, you know, so here it is. Uh, this is the, just this past Sunday, and I, that's going to be 60 days out. So I set my alarm, 5.30 in the morning, wake up, get out of bed, get on the computer, load up the, the my Disney Experience app on my phone, and just start hitting, you know, refresh time. I know that... You know, from the, my previous experience of booking my other times, that times won't become available. I'm going to keep on getting an error message. Two different error messages, by the way, on the website versus the phone app. But whatever. Um, I know if I just keep hitting refresh. Right at 6 a.m., that's when it comes on. And now, how do I know it's actually 6 a.m.? Because on the, my other monitor, I load up time.gov. <laughs> <laughs> and I have that time just clicking away. It tells me, hey... The computer you're on is six is two seconds fast, so I know I can't trust my computer time. I'm just going to trust time.gov, and I'm click every time that it clicks over a minute, I'm going to click refresh on both my app and everything. My wife wakes up because she's she hears this happening, and she's like, "Oh, what's the what's the phone number? I'll call and get in the phone queue, so that way now we have three things: the phone call reservation line that they have on you know for dining." doesn't open until 7 a.m. She keeps on getting this thing saying, oh, nope, call call back during normal business hours at 7 a.m. Call back at normal business hours at 7 a.m. So I'm like, all right, well, that's, so that's shop. Finally, 6 a.m., you know, it's 5.59. I'm hitting refresh on both, hitting refresh on both. Finally hits 6 a.m., get through. I have a guest, you know, I'm looking for reservations for four people, Focus Cantina. No times available. No times available. No times available. I drop it down to three. No times available. No times. Drop it down to two. No times available. Anytime. Lunch, dinner, 11 a.m. No times available. Drop it down to one person. Yeah, anytime you want. Like, I, I click through. I'm like, okay, I'm going to book it for like 1240 <clears throat> because I want to make sure that's well after <laughs> the wait time for. Rise of the Resistance, because I'm planning on rope dropping that. See, so I need to have the two, uh, at least a two-hour window there, two-and-a-half-hour window there for Rise of the Resistance to ride that. So, okay, 12 o'clock. I can only book it for one person. Um, we'll figure that out later with guest services. But I'm jumping through all these hoops, and then Kate calls, right at 7 a.m., Kate calls the the guest services hotline to make reservations. All the reservations for Oga Cantina are already gone that day. So by the time you can call and talk to somebody, it's already gone. And they're like, at se- you know, seven days before your trip, call back and you can, you know, try to do mod- give us a call and you can modify your thing. And I'm like, well, then seven days from now, well, you know. So now I woke up 60 days before my trip. <laughs> Seven days before my trip, I'm going to have to call this number again to see if I can modify it to add on three people to this guest. I sent an email that same morning to Disney Experience, you know, to, you know, on uh, the Contact Us page of, you know, Disney website, Disney World website saying, hey, this is what happened. You know, it's my birthday. Sad story, sad story. Uh, is there any way I can add 
my three friends on to this reservation? Or what can I do? How should I best go about this? Like, any information would be appreciated. That that was Sunday. It is now. It's Tuesday. No email back yet from the guest services uh, email website. So, not a similar situation, but when John was going to be coming down mm-hmm. for his birthday... As the local resident who was going to be getting him into the parks using my guest passes and comp tickets because, you know, I mentioned this before, I used to work for Disney, so I got to go to the parks for free, and then I could also get friends into the parks for free, which was awesome. Uh, Every single day, I would be checking to see if there were reservations for Ogus Cantina because I had never had a chance to do it, and it was something that I would have Mm -hmm. loved to experience with one of my best friends never any reservations available and i was doing the same thing paul where i was like okay reservations for three reservations for two reservations for one nothing available john comes down and the day that we actually have our excursion to the planet of batu at galaxy's edge we just walk up to ogas to see if there's any space available at the like walk-up line and they say like oh yeah just like give us a couple minutes we can get you in and it's like oh holy crap we're gonna get to go do this and it turns out we just got lucky because we went on the day that disney had relaxed its indoor capacity covid restrictions so there were seats available because nobody had been allowed to reserve them in the lead up to that because that day they were just like and free for all come on in everybody and that's the kind of thing like you have to be flexible just to say like hey let's go and check and at the point that we went to go and check like we had already put in our order for our morning ronto wraps (laughs) and like said like hey we're here because ronto roasters is like literally right around the corner from there so it's like yeah we'll just say we're ready and then like you know we'll go get our food and then go do the rest of our like star wars disney day and then you know, we wound up getting into Oga's, and then by the time we got out of there, like, and we went to go to Ronto Roasters, it, like, our food was gone, and it's like, oh, yeah, uh, we were inside Oga's Cantina, and then they had to, like, make new food to give to us, because we were in there for so long, and it wasn't even that long of a time, it was maybe, like, half an hour, like, 40 minutes, because I think we had, like, yeah. two drinks. We had, yeah. we had three drinks. You and I had okay. three drinks, um, and both of us got non-alcoholic drinks and two alcoholic drinks but also it helped that it was i think it was like 10 o'clock in the morning 9 30 it was o'clock. super it early, was early because this was be- this was before we did the light no, was- no we did the lightsabers no, yeah we did we did the lightsabers at like 9 30 yeah, so yeah that was, was like early. the first thing we did was lightsabers as soon as we were done you we were like oh let's i'll put the order in we did that order and then we walked up and on the outside, you really can't tell what it is. And I was, I'm just following Chris. Chris knows what he's doing. He's, he, he kind of did all the planning for this. And he's a Sherpa. And he goes and he's talking to this guy and he's like, <laughs> the, the, they're, the Jawa, they're Jawas. <laughs> Jawa. And he's like, uh, oh, it's going to be like 15 minutes. And I'm like, hmm, what are we doing? And he's like, Ogus Cantina. I'm like, oh, this place. And then there's this huge line next to us. And I don't know what it's for. And they're all like, frowning at me and i'm like eh, whatever i i think that line was the people that had made reservations <laughs> and were waiting to get in uh i think so too um and we just walked up but like they're my people 
<laughs> in in the same in the same sense, Chris or Paul, that you were going down for your birthday, this was my birthday gift from the previous year because I wasn't able to go because of COVID. And Caitlin was like, you know, like I know this is going to be big for you, so do it. You know, sp- spend what you would want to spend to have a really good time. Don't go crazy, but spend and you end up spending a lot of money but it was like we were there and it was like well let's get another like, let's get another round i gotta get a blue milk let me get a blue milk uh let me get this let me let's get this drink it sounds fun let's order food and you know it's it's because it's one we got in there i didn't expect this mm-hmm. to get in there especially the way chris was like mm, you can't get in there everything we ended up we got to do everything we wanted to, and it just seemed like we just lucked into being mm-hmm. able to get into those. But because of the experience, it was like, yeah, let's, I, we're doing it. Let's live it up, you mm-hmm. know? Get the lightsaber. Order as much as you can in Oga's Katina. Get your Ronto wrapper and another beer. We just had a bunch of beers and drinks, cocktails. <laughs> Well, let's get another beer. Oh, let's go on a motion ride. Like, like let's go do that. Much like at Universal Studios, if you're trying to get those Harry Potter beers, when you go to Galaxy's Edge, they do have Star Wars-themed beers. And if you want, like, that Trandoshan Ale, well, they have that at Ronto Roasters, but if you go into Oga's Cantina, they don't have that one. So, like, you, you got to... You gotta try everything. I mean, we're connoisseurs at this point. Like, yeah. you need to sample it. And even though, like, I think Universal does the licensed themed beers better than Dizzy does, you still gotta try it. Right. right. You gotta still get have to just like give it a shot. You know. Yeah, and I mean, all the one, all the beers in Ogas are all f- made by big breweries: Sierra Nevada, New Belgium. Um, I think the other one was, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on their name? Florida Beer Company? <laughs> no, um, Arrogant Bastard. Stone. Oh, uh, Stone. Stone. Yeah, Stone does one of them. Um, all the beers over at Universal come from Florida Beer Company, but they're they're all still really good. Like, whether you want, like, a Duff or, like, that Jurassic Park IPA or any of the Harry Potter beers, like, they're all worth drinking. Yeah. It's... Man, it seems like you had an easier time, John. <laughs> we... John had an easier time. I was the one that was like doing what you're doing, Paul, going yeah. on every day trying to find. And at that point, to go on Rise of Resistance, like the newest ride at Walt Disney World, the you have to do this ride. At that point, they were doing a virtual queue each day. Where mm-hmm. same thing, you would have to go on to like the My Disney Experience app each morning. At the exact time that it was opening up, which I think was either 6 or 7 o'clock. I think it was 7, because we were both up when you were doing it. And then you would have to say, like, hey, I have a party of this many people. Let me on that ride. And then you would get, like, the return time for when you would be at the parks. And at that time, for that 7 a.m., like, call to get people to sign up, anybody could do it from anywhere. And then they would have a second round of virtual queue passes available at like two o'clock in the afternoon but to do that you actually had to be in the park and they would know you're in the park because your tickets linked to your my disney experience so 
previous times I had been in the park, tried to get into it in the morning, you could not. And then when you're in the park, when it hits that like 201, you'd hear people being like, hey, like somewhere in the corner because like, mm-hmm. oh, that group of people got their boarding pass. They get to do Rise of Resistance. They found the um, good Wi-Fi. <laughs> they, got, they got that good Wi-Fi spot. And again, like John said, like woke up. Was able to get like the boarding group. I think we were like number like thirty four or something. And then we're like, hey, around two o'clock, this will be your boarding time. Um, but now that's no longer a thing. Like you have a couple options, and unfortunately, it comes down to being a resort guest. Money, <laughs> money, and then you know just walking in and jumping in line, which is an option that wasn't available previously until a couple months ago where they didn't even have a walk up or standby line you literally had to just go online to the app and hope for the best and if your whole vacation is riding on going on this attraction now there's three ways you can (laughs) fail because you're not a resort guest so you don't get that like early access you don't want to pay for it because you're already paying enough you're coming on vacation you're flying down mm-hmm. you're staying at a hotel you're buying theme park passes or the, the time constraints like yeah. yeah you can jump in line and wait for the ride but do you really want to waste part of your day stuck in a queue for something when you could be doing anything else in the in the theme parks at that time and mm-hmm. As someone that lives down here, I have the luxury of going to a theme park and just being like, oh, that ride has a 35-minute wait. I'm not going to do that. I'll just, mm-hmm. Next time, I'll, I'll go. Oh, this ride has a 15-minute wait? Yeah, it's been a bit since I go on that. All right, let me do it. And then be like, oh, it's hot. I'm going to leave. <laughs> if you're spending the money to come down mm-hmm. for yourself or for your whole family, like, you might not have the luxury just to be like next time because who knows when next time's going to be. And yeah, and if you're buying the ticket, it's at least the lowest ticket price right now on a non-peak day is one hundred and nine dollars. I believe for the Thursday that I'm going, it's one hundred and twelve dollars for the the ticket, just based to get into the park. No matter which park you're going, it's still crazy that Animal Kingdom costs just as much as Magic Kingdom. That's a different topic. <laughs> uh, I, I prefer Animal Kingdom to Magic Kingdom, so I understand that. <laughs> uh, they're not open the same amount of time. Animal Kingdom closes at like 7, Chris. It just closed. The animals got to go to sleep. <laughs> you don't see them. They're in the <laughs> inside part. <laughs> it's okay. Um but there's, uh, but there's so much juggling that has to go on when you're planning a vacation, and I'm blessed to not have to deal with that juggling anymore yeah. because I can just wake up, jump in my car, and drive like 20 minutes down I-4, and and I'm there. Yeah. So, Paul, I appreciate you coming down because it means I get to see one of my best friends, but also I know this is just probably been a huge headache for you as someone that likes to plan because i'm looking at your itinerary doc right now uh-huh. i got the reservation i you see the thing is now since disney basically forces you to make reservations for everything i'm holding on to reservations that i know in my heart i will probably oh i'm holding on to one that i know i will cancel and that's to get 
to go to uh, Ohana's for breakfast. I booked it for two different days because depending on weather, I might not want to do, you know, hang out at resorts. Maybe I want to hang out at the pool that day instead of like going from, you know, park to, you know, going from uh, the different resorts and then hanging out at downtown Disney, right? Downtown Disney? Disney Disney Springs. Springs. Oh, Disney Springs. Disney Springs. Like if it's going to be raining all day, yeah, maybe I'll do that. I'll go to the resorts. But if it's going to be nice one of the days and crappy the other day, you know, weather-wise, like, I'd rather have my pool day be the nice weather day and then my resort hopping going around, like, when it's kind of rainy or cold. Resort you know. hopping you can do pretty much whenever yeah. you want to. Like, <laughs> And there's nothing that's going to stop you from doing, like, a half day at the pool and then be like, hey, let's jump over to like the monorail loop and see the contemporary the Polynesian the Grand Floridian like you do have the option to do that because when you're inside that Disney bubble you feel so far removed from everything else that's going on in the world but when you actually live in Orlando you're basically just like a 20 minute drive between everything so it's really not that difficult when you have transportation available whether you're driving you've rented a car you brought your own car down or you're taking like a ride share like there are ways to get around so don't feel like constrained Mm -hmm. to be like oh i'm staying at disney i can't branch out anywhere because you're probably only like 20 minutes and 20 dollars away from going wherever you want to go but i also need to make those reservations because i'm just looked for you know the monday that i'll be down there where i you know, have one of my reservations for breakfast for us four. And it's also breakfast is all booked up already. Like for that Monday. If I'm checking that Wednesday. Uh, yep. All the breakfasts are all booked up. I'm holding on to re- uh, reservations for both those days because I knew this would happen. So on that note too, yes, reservations might be gone, but you also do still have the option to do a walk-up or sometimes as a virtual queue because they are separate banks of seatings that Disney or Universal does have available. There's been times I've wanted to make a reservation somewhere for dinner when like both Yanni and I are out of work and there's no reservations available Mm -hmm. and we'll just be like, okay, well, let's drive out to Disney property and then see if we can get a walk-up. And through the My Disney Experience app, they do have the option for you to do like join virtual walk-up queue and we've been able to do that before where maybe like two weeks ago we went to uh, Kona Cafe at the Polynesian Resort there were no reservations available but as soon as we got within range of the resort when we were driving on there we were able to jump onto the virtual line and had like a 45 minute wait where we got there we parked and we walked around the resort we resort we got a drink up at the tambu lounge bar like we got like pot stickers as an appetizer just kind of hold us over and then by the time we were done with that it was time to go to our table so if you don't have reservations available don't feel like you're out of luck and don't lose hope because you still do have the chance to just walk up and be like hey party of three and then be like oh yeah 20 minutes Golden, Like, don't think, like, oh, we didn't get the reservation. We can't eat or drink here. Right, right. 
because uh, well, we ran into that one of the times when I tried to we tried to get just uh, Trader Sam Scrotto, but that was at night. And it's, so, that's a small, small place. Grog Grotto is a very small place. I think they can fit maybe like 30 people in there at a time. And it's one of those things where they don't take reservations. You can basically only get in by going to the hostess station and saying like, Hey, party of four. And they will try to get you in as soon as four people plus whoever else is waiting in line in front of you leave. Um being a low capacity place, being one of those like you have to see it kind of experiences, it tends to have a really long wait. If you just want to try the drinks, they do have a like dockside bar outside. Mm-hmm. Same drinks, same food menu if you want to get any of that, but you don't get the experience of saying like, hey, I'm ordering the Aoa cocktail and the lights dim and the tiki god on the wall gets angered by you ordering the drink. Oh, I'm ordering the Nautilus. Oh, the whole bar submerges underwater. If you look out the windows, you see water levels rising, and then all of the cast members working inside put on like, like uh, little like inflatable water wings and like <laughs> inflatable tubes and start walking around with squirt guns squirting into the air. That's part of the experience. That's what you're going for. But if you just want to be like, hey, let me get the zombie or mm-hmm. the Krakatoa punch, like you can still just go to the bar outside and be like, hey, give me an overpriced cocktail. Thanks. In a collectible souvenir glass. Sometimes it's about managing expectations. Yeah. Uh, so, Paul, the thing I want to ask you, too, as someone that's playing a vacation, how did you decide what you wanted to do on what days? Like, what was your thought process and logic to being like, oh, well, we're flying down this day, so obviously we'll just do, like, brewery and, like, mm-hmm. resort. But then, like, all right, day one, I've been here. How do you decide what you're doing then? I looked at what was open uh, for the breweries and and, and also the, the... Because now with both of them, uh, both Universal and Disney World, they do the variable pricing. And I'm like, okay, so how much will I save if I go on Monday versus Saturday, Sunday? If it's going to save me 20 bucks per person, then yeah, I'm going to go on Monday. If it's, um, And if the breweries aren't going to be open on Sunday, then yeah, I want to go to do the breweries on Saturday. Because they're going to be open later. They're going to be open earlier. So that's how I kind of, you know, so... They kind of set in stone the brewery hopping days just because that's when all the breweries were going to be open for the longest amount of time. We could start early, and if we need, wanted to go late, we could go late. And then the park days, is Kate had a very strict rule that she didn't want to go to the parks two days in a row. It's just too much walking, too much just people, <laughs> too much everything going on. So I had to split up the park days uh, at least every other day, giving us like a pool day or a resort hopping day in between the parks. So it's basically looking at the, the ticket prices of the parks and also the times that the breweries would be open. And that's how we kind of decided with that every other day buffer. So with your theme park days, are you going to be like a, hey, rope drop, 
park open oh, to yeah. park close person, or are you like, we'll show up in the morning and then like once we hit that like oh we've been here long enough or oh we're sleepy yeah it's a rope drop out. till we drop <laughs> yeah that kind of thing do we want to stay there until the night and see the like the fireworks sure uh but man uh especially that magic kingdom day kate and i we both hated that crush of people to leave the park and one of the this things that why... we loved about Magic Kingdom is one of my least oh. favorite parks. It's such a hassle to get in there, and it's an mm-hmm. even worse hassle to get out if you're it's staying worst. all day. Oh, it's the worst to get out. Um, we, you know, it's just you're in a crush of people, and like the last time we did Magic Kingdom, her and me, I we had rental car, and I had to drive, and you're all day at the park. I was feeling tired. I'm like, you know what, I the Normally, you can jump in a, to ride a ride one more time, like to just kind of or try to go into a shop and try to avoid the crush of people and just wait until the cast members actually kick you out. But I was feeling so tired, and since it was like a what a twenty, it was like a what a forty minute drive back to the Airbnb from there. Uh, I think it was like twenty five. I don't think it was that far. Okay, it might. It, it, but it was still a drive it's, in an area that I'm not like also, familiar with. Familiar it's, with. It's a drive after spending all day mm-hmm. at a theme park, walking around, dealing with people too. And I'm I wasn't drinking because it's Magic Kingdom, so it wasn't like I was feeling drunk or lightheaded or anything like that. But I was tired, and I'm like, you know what? We we should just leave now because I don't want to wait in the line for an hour to ride another ride. And then leave after that because I'm like an hour will be too long. That's a mistake because you're waiting an hour just to get out of the park, anyways. So just ride that ride, like ride another ride, like because that crush of people is just awful. And just to get onto the monorail, just to get back to the parking lot, <laughs> to get to, and then to take a tram to get to your car, like you know, it's just it's it's going to take it's going to take a long time. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, Kate and I, we're going to be, uh, rope drop. Because the rope drop's the only way to get, like, guarantee that you can ride the ride that you want to ride without standing in line for more than two hours, you know? It's, like, the Rise of the Resistance, when we go to Batu, we gotta rope drop it, because it's the only way to almost guarantee that we can get on Rise of the Resistance, is not being a resort guest. Uh... And I have to plan that out. I have to know when to be at the park. Because otherwise, like, I'll feel if I missed out that I didn't do enough planning beforehand, and then that's on me. If I do all this planning beforehand and things go wrong, that's on Disney? You know what I mean? Like, not to be that jerk that's going to go up to guest services and complain, but... You ruined my vacation. But at least I have a leg to stand on and say, no, this is, these are the steps that I took. I met you halfway, Disney. I met you more than halfway. Not only did I buy the ticket, not only did I wake up at 6 a.m., you know, five days in a row, not only did I do this, you know, and made sure I was at the park, you know, beforehand and got in the line and did, you know, I fulfilled my end of the bargain to... To fulfill the promise of magic and fun. 
that you promised me. And if it isn't delivered, then at least... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. At least I know I did everything. Especially I when you're paying... You're flying down there. You're paying these prices. Uh-huh. And like as you're talking, I'm thinking about... Well, I've had just... For the last seven years, Chris... Basically, Chris down there being able to get us in for free. And we would come down two times a year, one time a year, and we would just... Hey, where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Uh, well, this place yeah. has got good drinks. And we would go. And we'd go to Epcot and we'd do this. And we didn't have to plan anything because we weren't paying any money. Like, we were down there to spend yeah. time with Chris. And, Paul, you you came down almost as much as we did with us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And to like, sit and listen to you about everything that you have to do. And, like, and I remember Chris doing all that for when we came down to make sure we got into those those things mm-hmm. who wants to do that you don't need to if you go to universal <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing like universal doesn't require like universal is very much just like yes you can make your dining reservations but same thing as this like you can just make those reservations or you can just walk up and be like hey god got any tables um I feel like Universal is a lot more flexible, and if you don't want to have that plan, plan, plan experience, like you can just go to Universal and enjoy your day as it is. But also, I think part of that's because Universal doesn't have those marquee dining or extra experiences. Like, yes, you can go to Ollivanders and have like the whole wand ceremony. But that's also just something like you can wait in line for, and you're not required to do anything besides like walk into that building and see the show. Like if you want to buy a wand, it's available to you. Disney, on the other hand, they have the lightsaber building experience at Savi's Workshop, which John, I want to like kind of move over into that, which is an experience you need to make reservations for. But then it's also a two hundred dollar experience on top of that planning and trying to make reservations for, which is something else that I was trying to do every single morning, like make reservations for Ogus and make lightsaber reservations. And the day that I finally got it, I was like, holy crap, like we get to do this now. Universal doesn't have that overwhelming sense of dread. You can just buy your park passes and go. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So John, those extra experiences, because that's something you got to do when you came down that we hadn't done previously with, like, the lightsaber building thing. Um, for for sorry, when Paul, I go... I'll put his hand up. Oh, I'm sorry. When, when I'm going to be at the at Hollywood Studios, there are currently five reservations left throughout the full day for Savvy's right now. And we're 58 days out. Gotta make your choice, Again, Paul. Are you gonna do it? Very you gonna limited. Do it? You gonna do it? I have a reservation saved because they don't charge you until you cancel, as long as you cancel twenty four hours. Oh, okay, beforehand. that's not bad. You gonna do it? You know why I I have a reservation? Because if I want to do it, I don't want to like be yeah. screwed, be, you know, miss out on it because I didn't make the reservation. Because <clears throat> for that kind of experience, you can't just like walk up i mean you can try and see if maybe somebody's canceled within that day and they can or if you're just one person and there's but it's so 
oh, there's one spot left because we have these groups. You you could possibly do it's it. So it's so exclusive. Like they only let like a dozen people in there to do it at a time, and that dozen people's all they can fit in there for like that half an hour that they're doing that. So that is something that you kind of have to plan for and again manage those expectations because there's a chance you might not be able to and for a lot of, like a lot of the disney stuff like the things that we were taking making reservations for when we went down were particular like high-end experiences and like i can understand having to do that to get your spot and then you know what you can do the rest of the day. And I'm so glad we were able to do everything. But it is like, I mean, Paul, it's just listening to Paul. One, Paul is an over-planner. But you almost have to be. I, I, my life is just like, eh, whatever. Like, oh, we can't get it. We can't do that. Eh, whatever. Let's go do something else. Like. I'm a go with the flow guy. I don't I don't care if we do this that or the other thing. Like I'm there to spend like I was there to spend time with Chris. Chris was there to hang out with me. Yanni was there because we were together. Like that, yeah. That's that's the kind of thing and Caitlin when we'd go down, she was the same way. Like I'm down here so you can see Chris. I like Chris. I'm in love with you, I guess. And we'll have we'll have a good time <laughs> together. Like I've never had to have that overly planning experience going down there because there was nothing other than the star. Like when Star Wars opened, there's nothing I really needed to or had to do. When we go there, it's like, oh, we could do Tower of Terror. It's it's walk on. Like it's going to take us longer to walk through all the ropes to get to the elevators than it will be for us to wait for the elevators. Yeah, that's something to do. The Haunted Mansion, we're there. Like, we gotta, we gotta do the Haunted Mansion. Like, there's nothing there at this point for me that is a have to do. In a couple years, when we bring Grayson down again, and he can experience it, yes, then there'll be stuff that are like have to do things. But, like, whenever we went down, I, I wasn't there for the Disney experience. I was there with you. And just happen to have the Disney experience. So even like how Paul has his every other day set up, I think is a is a good thing. So you don't get burnt out at the at the parks. You don't spend so much time just being wiped out. And when we rented that house, we kind of had the same thing of like, we'll go. We got a place with a pool. We got a place with a jacuzzi. And we'll make it a point to hang out afterwards because, like, when we stayed, yeah, there were days that we just played board games and like yeah. had a cookout. And that was like Paul's Paul's thing too. It's like, why are we going to rent a house? Are we going to do stuff? And I was like, yeah, we we can make time to do that because we used to go brewery hopping, parks, hit a brewery, get back to your place, Chris, and be like, well. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. Yeah. So it's definitely like I can see where it can be daunting, it can be exhausting and you have to plan these kind of things. 
I can see where there are checks and balances depending on like we got into the parks for free like we could just go whenever do whatever leave come back go somewhere else and now like we can't do that so now thinking like oh we really gotta like plan our plan our vacation it doesn't sound as fun and it's kind of like hokey to say at this point but there's a lot of people that are like oh i need to take a vacation from my vacation and it's because now a lot of thought and planning and saving and spending does go into these vacations so i think it's best to either go in just like how you do like hey whatever we get to do it's going to be worth it it's going to be fun because i get to spend that time with my friends and family and then I also understand like that, like, hey, we need to have everything planned because there's certain things that we want to do. I don't think you should ever go to like a theme park. And by theme park, I mean Disney because universally you can pretty much do whatever you want. Uh, I think if you're going to Disney, like you should never go in with that, like, oh, I need to do this. Because if you're going in with that mentality, there's a lot of things that are already stacked against you just based off of like the time constraints or the monetary constraints that there's always going to be somebody that probably had a shot to get into it before you did. And if your vacation's hinging on that one experience, you're just going to be sour grape face about it the whole time. If you don't get to do that. And when you came down, we were excited to be in the star Wars. Like that's why we wanted to do Ogas. We wanted to do rise of the resistance. We wanted to do the lightsabers and Yanni and I will still have moments where we'll just pull our lightsabers out and turn them on and be like, man, remember when we got to do that? And this was like a year after us talking about like, hey, wouldn't it be fun to do this? But also we have the ability to like say like, hey, can, can we do this this day? Cool. Okay, let's go. Um, our good time didn't rest solely on that. And even if we hadn't gotten to do that, we would still look back on that day that you came down and we got to do all that other stuff and hang out. That was great. Like, mm-hmm. we we still just sit there and talk about the time that we got the pickles <laughs> at 1010 Brewery. And that's something, I don't want to say it's free, but, like, we didn't have to pay admission to get into 1010 Brewing. Like, the cost of us being there was the beers that we drank and the pickles that you ordered. Uh, like, we need a round of pickles for the table, that please. That should be... That should, that should be what your vacation is. So don't get too hung up on that kind of stuff. I'm always going to get hung up on that kind of stuff. Like, but You know why? Because you understand where I'm coming from, where I'll feel like I blame myself for not doing the work. See, if I feel like I missed I, I have to say is like, so Caitlin, with her, her previous job, She'd get sent to these conferences, and it just so happened to be the same time as our anniversary. So she would be sent to this, like, resort hotel in pretty nice areas, and we have JetBlue card that we use, so we have points, so I can always fly with her. Everything that she's doing is comped either from the conference or her school, and I just get a free ride. So she... He's like, okay, well, you got to figure out what you're going to do. So my, I plan on restaurants and breweries for everywhere we're going, mm-hmm. and not 
so much have a plan, but have a, well, what do you want? Well, what do you want? Do you want tacos? Do you want Italian food? Do you want German food? Do you want to go find a, a Belgian beer bar? Like, okay, these are, this is the area. These are all the things. And that's the bizarre thing that I do for vacations is plan restaurants and, and breweries. And we went, you know, we went to California. We went all over California hitting funky, cool restaurants and, and, um, and breweries. And we usually always have a good time. We love to eat and we love to drink. Uh, mm -hmm. So, like, that kind of prep work for vacations is actually it's fun for me and then to have the experience of going mm -hmm. there and i feel like that's more my speed for vacation we did the same thing when we went on our honeymoon and we went to england germany uh belgium was like okay let's you found all these cool places i'll find all the historical bullshit that i want to do and we find out where the breweries meet uh, histo history, <laughs> uh, and like to like for Caitlin and I, like that's like the perfect vacation for us. And even if it's like tons mm -hmm. of walking, or we biked through Amsterdam and Germany and Belgium, like like those are the fun things. But I also want to have those fun Disney experiences with Grayson, and I love that. I have Paul, who's a great planner, but I also have my wife, who's also a great planner, and I can just drop <laughs> all of that on her, and I can I can brewery hop with Chris. <laughs> There's, and it's the thing like Orlando's kind of like Buffalo, where it's every couple of months there's a new place opening up, and some of them surprise you, and I think it's a great time to come down. Like, yeah, there might be some planning involved to it, but you can plan and you can hope and you can wish, but just come down and have fun. Yeah. Like, that's, that's where your vacation is for. It's meant to be relaxing. So don't get too caught up in the planning. Like have things you want to do. Like don't come in blind. Cause if you do, I think there's so much coming on that you can get tourist vacation brain and be like, Oh, can't decide. Can't decide. Mm-hmm. But it, it's good to be knowledgeable and informed. Don't be that person that's at Magic Kingdom being like, hey, when's the 3 o'clock parade? Because <laughs> that's a thing. But guys, I look forward to seeing you come down soon, Paul. I look forward to whenever you're able to come down again, John. Or, you know, I can go up there. Uh, but listeners, if there's anything you want to know about Disney or Universal... Emails over at beggingboardcast at gmail.com. Maybe we'll do more of these. I don't know. I like talking about theme parks and Disney shit. Yep. It's, it's fun for me. That's why I moved down here. So let us know. 